Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Hey, warmer from Vivo. Welcome to Lobby Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beast of Family podcast, we've got a tremendous podcast for you. We're going to keep this one to two parts. Since we only have one game to recap from Sunday, we'll do that right here and then... We'll talk to one of our good friends, Will Hill. He does tremendous work here at VSIN. We'll get his thoughts on how he's playing both of these series, some of the things that he's taking a look at for game two. We had to do it while game one was still in progress, so I had to do that without any set lines, but he's got some leans there. He's got some leans as to what he's taking a look at with regards to these two series, a north of 15 to one shot that he thinks can be the MVP of their respective series, and how he's playing also game one of the NLCS. In the final segment, I'm going to get you guys picks and analysis on both games for this Baseball Monday as we touch them all. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at Jaden underscore one. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other way. That's fine. An Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we had one game on the slate. So let's recap it and see how the Rangers were able to make it a one to zero lead in the ALCS. A game from yesterday is Greg Buck. About here is the rowdy recap. Two to zero was the final. Jordan Montgomery was tremendous for the Texas Rangers. By the way, another favorite going now. Favorites are hitting at less than forty percent in the money line here in the postseason. By the way, but for Jordan Montgomery, six and a third innings scoreless. Did get out of a pair of jams. It was in, I believe, the third and fourth inning. Might have been fourth and fifth, but he stranded a grand total of five men on, and answers from there did not have any opportunities. They left a grand total of six men on base all night long as Montgomery has a six and a third inning scoreless. Josh Jaboris, pair of outs out of the bullpen, and then Aroldis Chapman, Jose LeClerc. They closed the door with a pair of scoreless settings. Leody Tavares was able to go yard for the Texas Rangers off of Justin Verlander. He takes a loss, but he legitimately did not pitch bad. Six and two-thirds settings, a loss at home run, two runs in total. From there, Hector Neres, far outside the bullpen, scoreless. Brian Tabreu, he was able to give you a scoreless setting as well, but for the Houston Astros, 
absolutely nothing doing and that run of underdogs it continues and what continues on this show is always getting great analysis by this man will hill you're able to follow him on twitter slash x at not the t-h-e-e on the will hill all together he does great work here at the network on top of that i know he does some tremendous work with regards to the podcasting front as well over there at fox sports on top of that i know that he has been joining Chris the Bear Felica for the Bears Bets podcast a few times a week as well. And Will, it's always great to get you aboard. Thank you so much. And we're back here lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this man as Will Hill does amazing work here at the network, taking a look at so many different things. I know that he is doing an absolutely tremendous job on the football front on top of that. He has been just killing it with regards to baseball card all season long, taking a look at so many things for futures, to game to game, list goes on and on. You're able to catch him in so many different places here at VSIN over on Fox Sports with the Bearer Bets podcast. That is with Chris the Bear, Felica, Gold Boys, that Discord, and so much more. And you're able to follow him on Twitter slash X at not the Will Hill and two E's on the and Will. It's great to have you aboard. Thank you, Greg. What's going on, man? A huge fan of yours, as you know. Fun time of the year. We haven't had a great, you know, it's interesting with the postseason. As crazy as the results have been, and they sure have been crazy, which I'm sure we'll get to. We didn't get any five game series in the first round. It was all sweeps in the wild card round. You're hoping for like a little more drama. Personally, I liked the format a few years ago when we had two wild cards and we started the playoffs with pretty much a game seven in each league. So uh, we'll see what we have going forward. I think it's appropriate to refer to this round as the final four because this has felt like March Madness here with all these upsets. Yeah, it has been absolutely crazy. And I mean, before we dive into these games, what we're going to be seeing in the ALCS and the NLCS is something that we want to take a look at moving forward if they keep this format. These teams having this layoff, trying to be able to stay sharp, is that actually a big, giant disadvantage to them? Because we saw it in the NL last year where the bottom two seeds and the Phillies and the Padres made it through. We've got two teams that were in the wild card round that are here in the National League side of things as well. Now, I will say the Philadelphia Phillies were coming in playing some tremendous baseball, and I thought that whoever won that Braves versus Phillies series should be the favorite to be able to win the World Series. So I am not necessarily overly shocked that the Phillies were able to win that series. But all in all, I take a look at this format the last two seasons, and it has very much lent itself to the teams that get in rhythm and they get hot during that wild card round and just carry that momentum. Sure seems like there's something to it and to continue the March Madness comparison. We see that a lot in the, in the playing games in March Madness where you know how they have that first four, those games are usually in date, and those teams usually play pretty well, get in to the main field and whoever wins. Now, of course, if you lose, you're out, so it's one extra chance to lose, so you don't want to be in that position. But those teams that get through those games have a game under their belt, they relax a little, they're settled in. Meanwhile, the other team, they're a little cold, they're a little tight. And again, this is small sample size. We don't know. Hey, maybe we'll look back in five, ten years and say, hey, that was just a blip on the radar but certainly feels like the postseason in general is just more unpredictable than ever really so yeah it's hard to factor in the rest of I mean, it doesn't seem to bother the astros but these other teams i mean they hit all year and, and you get in the playoffs and like the braves the dodgers and they just can't hit so certainly makes it hard to can't handicap it really does it's a hard handicap you know it's funny we'll get to the nl here in a minute i'm sure i think i was on with you sometime in the summer we were both sweating a diamondbacks game and the bullpen had just blown like a five or six run lead and we're like, man, this bullpen just drives you crazy. I bet on this team a lot this year. I, I just jumped off the bandwagon for that reason because of the bullpen. And 
It's held up. They've gotten outs from Ginkle and Seawall. The starters have been good. That's, I think, the big surprise here is how well the Arizona bullpen has held up. I don't know that it's going to hold up in the next round, but it's certainly unpredictable when you look at the regular season. There's just no correlation between what happens in the regular season and the postseason. Yeah, there certainly isn't much of a correlation, and you mentioned it with the Arizona Diamondbacks. The bullpen has really been the thing that's been striking to me because they were 18th in the league post-All-Star break with regards to bullpen area. They were 18th in the league with regards to bullpen area throughout the season. Now, maybe there was a little bit of a precursor in that they were a top three team with regards to bullpen area, specifically for the month of September. But I do think that they're going to be in a little bit of an uphill battle in the series against the Philadelphia Phillies. We were talking about these wildcard teams getting on a little bit of a roll. I do think that the rest is actually going to be hurting them. And in game one, with Zach Allen going as a plus 140 to plus 150 underdog, Typically, that's something that I would be taking a look at, but with the way that the Phillies crowd has been rocking and with Gallon's home and road splits, I actually lean a little bit more to a Phillies run line. I like Philly. I like Philly in the series. I like him in game one. I'm sure you know, like there's some suggestions in Gallon's underlying stats that suggest some regression in terms of, you know, batting average balls in play and just the FIP, all that stuff. Not quite as good as his surface stats. And you mentioned the crowd. This is one of the few crowds in baseball, maybe maybe like the biggest in terms of home field advantage. It's just hard to win there, especially a young team going in there. They're going to be loud. They're going to be raucous. They're intimidating. Sort of like the old Yankee Stadium, maybe 15, 20 years ago. It's, of course, not like that anymore, where it's the one ballpark where it's almost like an extra player. It's an extra advantage. So I just think Philly has a lot of advantages in this series, just in general. I would like him in game one. Wheeler's been outstanding. You get pretty much four or five games out of Wheeler and Nola in this series if you need them. I laid a game and a half with Philly. I think they win this series. I don't think it goes seven. I haven't bet it yet, but I am tempted to take Philly in five exactly at plus 500. I just think they have advantages all over the board. They have a good bullpen. You know, you could throw a couple of really nasty lefties in Alvarado, in Soto. It's a good lineup. It's a deep lineup. They can run a little bit with Turner. You know, Harper is not afraid of the big moment. They even have like guys like Brian Baum and you know, Real Muto that aren't afraid of the moment. Schwarber you know, knows his way around a big game. And again, the two starters with Wheeler and Noah. I just think Philly's got advantages around the board here where they probably win and they probably win in a short series. I know it's a good story with Arizona, but you know we see this a lot with Cinderella. Cinderella can make a run, win a series or two, but they usually don't win the whole thing. And I just think this is Philly's to lose. I, I think Philly wins this series and wins it fairly comfortably. Yep, I am in agreement with Alec you Alec I don't know why I said Brian Baum. I'm sitting here mm-hmm. thinking about the college football coach. It didn't sound right when I said it. I'm looking at it like, it's not Brian Baum. It's, it's Alec Baum. But it's a deep lineup. It's a good bullpen. It's a good starting rotation. I think Philly wins it and wins it pretty comfortably. Oh, you are all good. And I mean, Jeff Brom doing some good things out yeah. there on the college football front as sure. well. But that said, I am right there with you. I do think that for the Diamondbacks, they are going to run a little bit out of steam here. And we do have Will Hill, who does amazing work here at Beeson, joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And any sort of lead with regards to the total, because I look at the 7F, I love the way that Zach Wheeler is going, but with Zach Allen's issues on the road, as we were talking about, feels like this Diamondbacks bullpen, it has overperformed. I think that this is a pretty good spot for the over, even though, as we know in Philadelphia, balls that might have been flying out during the summertime, might not be doing so as much here in October. I mean, based on the, just the two pitchers, it would be an under, but that's a tough ballpark to get an under home in. It, Philly can do a lot of damage, you know, in that ballpark. It would be, man, I just, 
What's a first five total? I might just feel better with a first five total. I don't trust the Arizona bullpen to hold this up. I could see a scenario where it's like 3-1 in the sixth or seventh inning and Philly just blows it open. So it would be a lean to the under, but nothing more than a lean. i just more comfortable backing Philly in various ways. Yeah, I don't blame you there. And the first five total is a four shaded down to the under at about a minus 120 or so. And then with regards to the other series, as we do this podcast, we do not have any numbers up just with the nature of postseason baseball you're not going to get an opener with regards to any of these games until the previous game has completed so with regards to rangers versus astros a little bit in the dark there but we do know that from Valdez versus nathan Avaldi is a pitching matchup here and just on first glance with regards to this pitching matchup i'm not sure how you read this but i think that the astros certainly should not be like an underdog in this game but i think that it should be a little bit more even than what a lot of people think because i like the way that nathan Avaldi has pitched his last two times out and maybe this is just me but ever since from Valdez underwent that ankle issue in like late June it just feels like he hasn't been himself and he's coming off of a start against the Minnesota Twins where he really just did not pitch well no I would have been interested to see a game five between Minnesota and Houston because Lopez was pitching so well Verlander was shaking game one of that series and by the time you guys listen to this we'll we'll know what happened in game one I would probably look at it over here it's two things with Evaldi he's been great in the playoffs he's a money pitcher he's clutch his velocity's up after struggling down the stretch but he has not done well against Houston for whatever reason so just going into this series these teams played 13 times Houston won nine of them Houston has won 30 Houston's 37-14 against the Rangers the past three years. Again, you can throw some of that out. It's a different Texas team, but it's still something. And again, these teams played 13 times this year. A lot of high-scoring games. I think eight or nine of them was double digits in terms of the total runs scored. Houston scored double-digit runs five times. So this might be a game where, like you mentioned, Valdez has struggled. He's been up and down despite... You know, what we think of him as a pitcher, he has not pitched great. Astros have gotten to Eovaldi, so nothing in terms of side. But if they hang like an eight and a half, it'll probably be nine. I would actually look towards the over with these two offenses. I think we get plenty of runs here in game two. Oh, I'm right there with you. I set my total just a shade north of nine. So even if we do get that flat nine, I will personally be taking a look at the over in this spot. And I'm not sure how you read the series as a whole, but for me, it sort of is the same way that I looked at Rangers versus the Baltimore Orioles. I felt like the Rangers' best chance of being able to win that series is exactly how they did that. You just put all your ammo at the front. You've certainly got a lot of firepower with regards to the lineup, but you don't have a lot of pitching depth. You just use as many guys as humanly possible. You tried to shorten the series. They were able to get a sweep in three games. And I think that if the Astros, I do think that if the Rangers are able to win this series, it has to be probably in like, five or so games something like that because i think that the longer the series goes the better it is for the astros who have the deeper bullpen hard not to pick houston just the experience the seventh game at home now it's interesting this isn't like a juggernaut houston team they were 39 and 42 at home i don't really know what to make of that they only spent 24 days in first place they were six and a half games out of first at one point you know these teams had identical records houston won the division because of a tiebreaker in that last day of the season where they won and texas lost i think you have to go houston just because of the experience this is seven straight alcs's for them it's a healthy lineup finally like you said they had a better bullpen six in bullpen era texas near the bottom of the league in bullpen era if you're making the case for texas and this is i think the biggest question of the series and the hardest question to answer what do you expect from scherzer 
because it sounds like he'll be good to go for game three. He says he's good to go, but we've seen him in the past try to pitch through these injuries last year for the Mets in that wild card round against the Padres. He got bombed a couple times really with the Rangers where he's trying to pitch through things and he didn't pitch well. If he's the Scherzer of like, hey, I mean, you're not going to get peak Scherzer anymore, but if he can give you six, seven innings, one or two runs twice in the series, you probably favor Texas. That might swing my opinion on it. Anything less than that. And if he's not 100%, he's just going to go out and get hit. Then it's going to be really hard for them. So it's interesting. It's hard to answer, but Scherzer's a huge, obviously, wild card, you know, X factor in terms of this series. So I don't know how you have any confidence one way or another. I'm skeptical that he can come out without any rehab starts after all this time off and just be lights out. You know, interesting to watch, but I just think you have to go with Houston with the experience, the bullpen, the extra game at home here. Yeah, I'm right there with you because I do think that with Scherzer, I don't think that he's going to be like completely awful or anything like that, but because the minor league season is over, you can't rehab or anything like that. He's been off for a month and I mean, last we saw him, he was in relatively poor form. He's north of 38 years old. So I certainly do have my question marks there as Will Hill, who does a tremendous work here at Beeson, is joining me on the Baseball Bank Show. And like you, I do have a lean to the Astros in this series. And and I'm a game-to-game better to start with, but this would just be a serious price. So with all those unknowns, I really wouldn't want to touch at this point. I'm not sure if you'd be willing to or not, but I think that this is your ideal series to play game-to-game because I do think that in terms of both of these teams, there's going to be good at betting opportunities on each of them. I do think that it's not going to be a series where we see like a four game sweep or even a five game series. I think that this one is going six plus. And I think that this is one of your textbooks. Play it game to game as you were talking about. Take a look at some of these totals because I think that that's where the opportunity to make money is in the series. I did lay minus 140 with Houston and I did lay minus 170 with Philly. Of course, shop around, get the best prices. Then I parlayed them that we get a rematch plus I think 173, something like that. If you're looking for just a fun one, ALCS MVP, there's a 20 to one out there for a Brehu at Bet Rivers. Look, he was really good in the wild card round. You can't pitch around him with Alvarez, with Tucker, with all these guys. And again, he was, I think, five for 16 in the wild card round. He hit three homers. He had eight RBIs. Sometimes these hot hands, that can translate from one round to the next. I remember I think it was Payne last year, won ALCS MVP, then World Series MVP. We've seen Seager win LCS MVP, then World Series MVP. There's obviously no MVP for the wild card round, but Abreu probably would have gotten that. And you can't pitch around him, especially with this new rule where lefties have to face three batters and, and he does really well against lefties. Think about it. If you bring in a lefty, whether it's Will Smith or Chapman to face Tucker, to face Alvarez, unless they finish the inning, you got to leave him in there against Abreu and Abreu this season, 162 at bats against lefties hit eight home runs. So he does much better against lefties. So that's a guy you can't really pitch around. You can't pitch around everybody. It's like you say in football, you can't double team everybody. You can't pitch around everybody in this lineup. So maybe Abreu keeps up the hot hand. If you just want a little skin in the game at a long price, Abreu 20 to one ALCS MVP. I don't think that's a bad look. I don't think that that's a bad look either. And I do think that we are in for two very solid series, which hopefully we're not getting any sweeps with regards to this series, even though it feels like both of us don't think that we're going seven with Diamondbacks versus Phillies. If the Diamondbacks could just win a game or two for us, that would be tremendous. But Will, you've been doing a great job looking at the game of baseball all season long. You've joined me on this podcast every few weeks. You'll lend tremendous insights every single time. So love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. At Nati Will Hill on Twitter, on VEASAN a few times a week, numbers game, usually Wednesday mornings around 1030 Eastern. Then you can check me out, Go Boys Discord. And then Fox, I got a column out, foxsports.com and... Bear Bets podcast. Every Thursday, there's a college episode. Every Friday, there's an NFL episode. So 
Appreciate you having me on. A huge fan. And it's a little depressing that baseball season is starting to wind down. These nights without baseball feel a little weird, but you know, just like I do, once baseball is ending, that means college basketball is right around the corner and we just start the cycle all over again. So appreciate you having me on, man. It was fun. Oh, it is always fun to be able to get you aboard, Will. And we'll need to get you aboard on the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast as well, because we are three weeks away from the start of that. So very much hyped up there. And before we get there, you're going to have a World Series champion crown. Will has been doing a great job all season long, grinding out these cards. And every single time he joins this podcast, one's amazing insights. A big thanks to Will Hill for joining me on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on both games on the board for this Baseball Monday as we catch them all. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening. 
Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by Will Hill. He does amazing work here at the network, taking a look at so many things. He's been dialed in all year long with regards to football. I know that he is getting ready for some NBA basketball. He has done a tremendous job on the baseball front all season long. And every single time he joins this podcast, he lends tremendous insight. So big thanks to Will for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on both games on the betting board for this Baseball Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81. And we are going to be going in Las Vegas Tradition Order, which is time order. We're going Rangers, Astros, and then Diamondbacks, Philly. Says when you get smaller and smaller cards, it gets easier and easier to keep track of. So let's go 965, 966 on the betting board with the Astros throwing out there from Rivaldez at home and Nathan Ovaldi going for the Road Rangers. Now, at the time of this podcast, there is no numbers up on this game. You just don't get numbers. With regards to the postseason, until the previous game went final, I am doing this right around about 7.30, 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time as game number one wraps up. So we should be getting more set numbers in the a.m., but in this spot, I'm going to lay up to a minus 133 with the Astros, plus 135 or higher. I'll be taking a look at the Rangers on the money line, and with my total, I did set it to where 9 or less. I'm going to be taking a look at the over, a 9.5 prior to the under. Nathan Ovaldi has looked so much better these last two games. Goes out there, completely dominates against the Rays. Goes out there, completely dominates against the Orioles. I still do have some concerns, though, because with Nathan Ovaldi, he did have that 9 ERA in the month of September, and no doubt about it, I'm sure that he is much healthier now than he was towards the beginning slash middle of the month of September, but now he has to go up against an Astros lineup that may have certainly gotten to him in the past. Last time he went up against the Astros, he got four outs, and he gave up four runs, all of which were, now I will say, start before that at home. He did pitch seven shutout innings, so clearly a tale of two different starts he's had this season against the Houston Astros, but with Nathan Valdi, it's all about command with him. What he was really struggling towards the month of September, he just was not able to locate. He was giving up north of five walks per nine innings, which is not Nathan Ovaldi. Last few years, when he's been fully healthy, he's been giving up more like two walks per nine innings, and goes up against someone in Framber Valdez that just really hasn't been himself since, we're going to call it the middle of the year this year. In late June, he suffered a bit of an ankle issue, and I don't know if he's fully recovered from that, because at the time of his ankle issue, he was looking like a Cy Young front runner. He was posting up a sub-250 ERA, and ever since then, it's fallen completely off the map. We're going to date this back to 
June 27th, so this is a grand total of, in terms of regular season starts, 16. He ended the regular season with a 464 ERA in those final 16 starts. His home runs per nine rate was right around about 1.2, and then in his first start here in the postseason, gives up five runs in four and a third innings against the Minnesota Twins, a Twins team that everyone else for the Houston Astros was able to do a solid job against Sands Hector Neris in game number one. So that is a bit concerning. You've got a Rangers lineup that one through nine, you don't get a break with these guys at all. When the Rangers want to, they can throw out their eight out of their nine hitters having at least a 255 batting average during the regular season with that lone outlier being Adolis Garcia who supplied 39 home runs. And you just have a lot of guys like Mitch Garver, Nate Lowe, Jonah Heim that hit between about a 258 to a 270, 17 to 19 home runs apiece. They do a good job moving the line. Marcus Simeon at the leadoff spot at 100 plus RBI. He has been solid here in the postseason. Corey Seager is one of the hottest hitters alive, but the Astros are able to match that with Jordan Alvarez. We saw what Jordan Alvarez and Jose Abreu were able to do in that series against the Minnesota Twins. A grand total of seven home runs in that series. And for Abreu, he really had a slow start to the season and now is starting to pick it up. You now have Michael Brantley available as well. Someone who missed much of the season, but he's a professional hitter. Sands, Martin Maldonado, pretty much everyone in this Astros lineup, aside from really Abreu, is able to hit north of 260 in their own right. Chaz McCormick is able to give you a little bit of power on for the Astros. They do a nice job of not striking out. Third best strikeout rate in the big leagues. They do have the better bullpen for the Texas Rangers. 24th in the big leagues with regards to bullpenning area this year. It's been better here in the postseason. They entered into the series with a sub-250 bullpenning area here in the postseason with throwing Dane Dunning into the bullpen. You've been able to get good production out of Jose LeClerc, Geraldo Chapman, though we know that Geraldo Chapman has had his struggles against the Astros in the postseason as well. Meanwhile, for the Astros, you do have quite a bit more bullpen depth. Even Rafael Montero, who is terrible to begin the season. He's been pitching relatively solid during the regular season. Hector Neris, I recognize he didn't have a great series against the Minnesota Twins. But he, Brian Tabreu, when you're able to get Kendall Graveman, Phil Maton in there, these are guys who are able to give you a sub-3-5 ERA. They've dealt with a few ailments, most notably to Graveman. But all in all, I do take a look at this Astros team. And I do think that they should be a favorite. But I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to score runs for the Rangers. They Led the big leagues with regards to runs per game among American League teams over the regular season. Astros since the beginning of the month of June led the American League with regards to runs per game, though. You do have a little bit of a suppression with his lineups as for the Astros are averaging about four and a half runs per game at home this year with the Rangers. They have been scoring about a run per game less when they are on the road rather than when they're at home, and they do have one of the steepest drop-offs with regards to home run rate home to road as well. So, nine or less going to be taking a look at the over nine and a half or higher to the under at a plus 135 or higher. Will and take a shot on the Rangers. Minus 133 or less. Looking at the Astros and then you got my DK Network right to pick. 967, 968 on the bank board. The years and the Diamondbacks. And throw the facing up against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler goes for the Phils and Zach Allen. Paddle Zachs are going to be going at for the years and the Diamondbacks. Seven and a half is the total. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. Between minus 160 to minus 170 is your number on the Phils. Plus 140 to plus 150 is your number on Arizona. If you're looking at the run line of the Phillies, you'll find that between plus 130 and plus 135. 
Need at least a plus 135 to be able to take a shot on the Phillies run line, but I am seeing that and I am going to be willing to do so. I set my money line more at a minus 154, so would have needed at least a plus 155 to take a shot on the Diamondbacks. Not quite there, and Juice has gotten a little bit out of control on the Phillies money line, but that does lead into my write-up pick of the over because we have seen Zach Allen have his struggles all season long when he has been on the road for Zach Allen overall for the season, about a 345 ERA. If you're looking regular season and postseason, about 9.2, 9.3 strikeouts to a little bit over two walks per nine innings, but has been a vastly different pitcher when he's been on the road. 247 home ERA at home with 1.6 walks and 0.6 home runs, a lot per nine innings. 430 ERA on the road, 1.2 home runs, 2.6 walks per nine innings with more like 8.1 strikeouts per nine innings compared to 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings at home. Meanwhile, Zach Wheeler has actually struggled at home. I find that to be very interesting, but for Zach Wheeler, 394 road ERA with 1.2 home runs per nine innings, render regular season and postseason, 314 home ERA, 0.66 home runs per nine innings allowed. So you got a pair of guys with lots of favorable splits. I recognize that it's going to be a little bit cooler out there in Philadelphia, which is going to suppress offense a little bit in for the Diamondbacks. They did struggle with their offense towards the back half of the regular season. From July 1st until the last day of the regular season, they were averaging about 4.05 runs per contest. That was second worst in the National League, but four plus runs at all five of these games in the postseason. And the biggest reason why is that you've gotten production from guys outside of the fearsome foursome. And the fearsome foursome that I'm talking about is Guitel Marte, Lourdes Gurriel, Corbin Carroll, and Christian Walker. These are your main guys as with Marte, Gurriel, Corbin Carroll, all between 24 and 25 home runs. Carroll and Quetel Marte both gave you about a 360 on base. And then for Christian Walker, led the team with 33 home runs. Was a little bit cold to end the regular season, but he's also found it here in the postseason, a 435 on base. And Corbin Carroll, 565 on base here in the postseason. But you've gotten three home runs out of Gabriel Moreno. Alec Thomas hasn't done the greatest job of moving the line, but he's been able to give you a pair of home runs as well. You do have a little bit of veteran experience as well with Evan Longoria, 38-year-old, coming up with some timely at-bats for the team. Hasn't necessarily done a ton at the plate, but I think that his just presence in general has been able to help this team out a little bit. Tommy Pham has looked a little bit better for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've done a relatively solid job of not swinging and missing as much here in the postseason as well. They still are a little bit of a swing and miss team, and then you've got a Philadelphia Phillies bunch that they have been averaging 1.93 home runs per contest, regular season and postseason, since the beginning of the month of August. That is by far the best mark in the big leagues, about 5.7 runs per game in this time span as well. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, it's been the balance of power because for the beginning part of the season, it was all about Kyle Schwarber cranking out home runs. And right now in the six-game playoff run, Kyle Schwarber has yet to hit a home run. He's giving you just a 222 on base. He has been pretty useless. It's everyone else stepping up. Nick Cassianos, four home runs in that series against the Atlanta Braves. You had Bryce Harper hit just three home runs in his first 58 games of the regular season. I believe he's now played about 72 to 74 games. Since then, he has put up 21 home runs in that time span. Bryson Stott has done a good job of being able to move the line. Brandon Marsh is coming up with great at-bats for this team. One through nine with guys like a Johan Rojas and company being able to step up. It's just a case where you don't get a break with this Philadelphia Phillies lineup. Now for the Phillies, seventh in the league with regards to bullpen area overall for the season. And 
Third since the beginning of the month of June, with the likes of Jose Alvarado, Jeff Hoffman, Matt Stramo providing a sub-350 ERA, and for Alvarado, sub-2 ERA, and for the Arizona Diamondbacks, credit where credit is due. They actually have the best bullpen ERA if you count both regular season and postseason results since September 1st, but post-All-Star break and overall for the season, they did end the regular season 18th, so this is going to be a case where I do have my question marks as to whether or not these guys are going to be able to maintain as the likes of Jose Ruiz, Joe Mantiply. They were supplying a north of a 450 ERA during the regular season, but I mean they did a good job picking up at the trade deadline. Paul Sewald that was able to fortify things. Andrew Selfrank, between regular season and postseason, has never allowed a run in his big league career. He has really been able to step up for the team. Ryan Thompson has been able to do a solid job in this bullpen, but having to go up against all that firepower of the Philadelphia Phillies, I think it's going to be rough. Now, Zach Wheeler, he actually had a fielding dependent about a half a point better than his actual ERA. Comes in rolling, giving up two runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts. And to the credit of Zach Allen, two runs or fewer surrender in each out of his last four starts, but both of these guys facing very, very difficult tests. I do think that the offenses are going to find a way to be able to scratch across some runs, and I do think that for the Arizona the Diamondbacks, that bullpen that was shaky during the regular season, that is going to start to wear down, and I think that the Phillies are going to be able to hit it hard. I'm willing to take a plus 135 or higher, laying a run and a half with the Philadelphia Phillies. My DK Network write-up pick is on the over. Set my total more around a 7.9, and that'll wrap things up. For the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN family and podcast, a big thanks to Will Hill. He does great work here at VEASAN. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you have any question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at gdn underscore one. Keep in mind that RZM naming does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 